Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Louis Schiff. He's the chairman of Birthing of Giants and Moonshots and Moneymakers, Oxford Innovation Conference for American Entrepreneurs. Louis, welcome to our podcast. Thanks, Christopher. Thanks for having me. So I always just skim through a person's profile LinkedIn, just kind of see what stands out. And the thing that stood out for me was that you have this awesome title of a book that you wrote called The First Habit. But what more stood out was when your subtitle says, the one technique that can change your life, a new book based on my interviews with 1,100 successful people. <laughs> so why 1,100, not 1,000 or 800, or, you know, why 1,100? Oh, I would have kept going. I just, you know, I ran out of steam after a while. Plus the, the, the message was so clear. Uh, it was just coming at me over and over again. One of the things you do in research is you keep going until you keep hearing the same thing over and over again, and then you know you've, you've tapped it. So 1,100 people you interviewed, and was that across a year, six months, three years, five years? Over, it was across a year. It was, um, those were phone interviews and uh, it was, uh, you know, people who had established a level of success using my definition. So they were people with net worths of greater than a million dollars, but I broke them into one to 10 million, 10 to 30 million and 30 million or more. And again, net worth, uh, not income. Got it. And a lot of our guests often try to meet or reach out to guests that might be fairly well off. What was your strategy in just getting these people on your on your phone interviews? It actually was a secret sauce, so I'm not going to tell you, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but it involved a network of financial advisors who essentially made introductions to their best clients on my you know on their behalf. That's smart. Again, I really hope our listeners are listening because again, one of the most challenging things for people is to find people that they admire, and you seem to have found out a great thing. So, what was this one technique that you kept seeing over and over again in your interviews? Well, it's, it's really my definition of what entrepreneurship is today. So entrepreneurship is a, is a word that's taken a beating over the years. If you go back 30 years or longer, it, was, it meant you couldn't get a real job, so you became an entrepreneur. Really? And so now, that's yeah, that was, it, it was the guy with the trench coat who had you know, gold watches hanging out of his trench coat. He was an entrepreneur. Huh. It meant you were, you were devious, you were slick, you might have been a hustler, you might have been doing something illegal even. Um, and over time with guys like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and, you know, how they became not just an uh, incredible business person, but for example, with Bill Gates, a big philanthropist. And so they became, if you look, if you compare them to, let's say, corporate CEOs, religious leaders, politicians or leaders of government, uh, it, you know, those all used to be the, the leaders of our society. And then for whatever reason, they're their sort of star diminished and entrepreneurs rose. And so entrepreneurship became a bigger deal. Um, but what I learned is that there's a lot of people who want to be entrepreneurs. And I mean, by that, I mean that they want to take on the mantle of guiding their own futures, of designing their own careers. And what I learned by doing the book, The First Habit, is that the central quality shared by entrepreneurs everywhere of all levels of success is that they build their business or their career around the thing they're best at. So that sounds really simple and kind of absurd. But what I mean is um, every great entrepreneur, for example, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was the CEO of a large company. If you're the CEO of a large company, you have a lot of responsibilities. But in fact, he stuck with the one thing he was good at, which was he was incredibly good at interpreting the needs of creative people 
for engineers. In other words, he had all these engineers who could build something, but they didn't know what to build. And there were all these creative people who wanted tools built for them. Steve Jobs inserted himself in between those two groups and acted as a translator. That's what he was best at. And he built an astounding company around it. Well, I'm going to play contrarian, Lewis, because I often hear people saying, oh, pursue your dreams, pursue your dreams, and money will follow. And bluntly, bluntly speaking, when I was in California, I met thousands of people that are pursuing their dreams as artists and authors and programmers and whatnot. Not programmers, but, you know, more artistic types, right? So I know what you're saying about, you know, the people you've, 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 uh, you, you've met and interviewed, but do you feel that if they do their best, that doesn't mean they're going to be successful. So, so let's acknowledge that you don't know, just for your, your listeners, you don't know the title, the, another book I wrote called Business Brilliant, and you don't know that the chapter, the first chapter of the book is called Do What You Love, But Always Follow the Money, where I spend <laughs> the entire chapter debunking the myth that do what you love and the money will follow works. Yeah. But what, so to go back to the first habit, it's really that you have to build a business around the thing you're good at. So that is the opposite of doing what you love and then keeping your fingers crossed and hoping that money follows you. Wait, so, so let's break that down, right? So, so you're saying do what, so do what you do best doesn't necessarily mean do what you love best, right? Well, basically, if it doesn't bring you money, you know, you're doing the wrong thing. So uh, you, you cannot sit back. You can't be the artist and just hopes that people, yeah. hope that people find you. Yeah. You have to, um, and that's what the first habit is. It's actually a workbook. It says, okay, write down a list of the things you're best at and then write down careers that are connected to it and then write down what your financial goals are. So let's say your goal is to have a million dollars within 10 years. So write down, if you want to have a million dollars in 10 years, how much money are you going to have to make in the next five years and the next one year and the next 30 days? And then write down job opportunities you can think of that might allow you to earn that money in the next 30 days that's connected to the thing you're best at. So it's a really practical, you know, roadmap for how you do what you love, but always make sure the money is coming with you. Nice. And I appreciate the pushback because you're right. And it's true. There's a lot of people out there who believe in the myth of do what you love and somehow the well, money will magically fi find you. No, but, 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 but literally Steve Jobs said that himself, like you have to follow your passion. You hear about Michael Jordan. I'm like, that's, that's BS because again, I just see it in my own life. I see it in other people's life because what they should say is kind of what you're saying where it's like, it's more, the actual truth is do what you love and the money will fall if you're in a scalable business and you happen to have a lot of luck and you work your butt off. You know, like that's more the actual truth where whether you're Steve Jobs or it's just, again, I, I unfortunately see a lot of people that yeah. have these hyperboles and that's why with your book, I wanted to really dive into well, that's Right. So the first habit is one of three. So the first yeah. habit is the most important one. The second one is, is a version of luck. It's called persevere in the face of adversity. And what that really means, because we've heard that before, what that really means <laughs> is that the only way you know what you're good at is by trying a lot of things that you turn out not to be good at or to be bad at. And so if you don't have the kind of personality that would allow you to learn what you're bad at and then pick up and then move into a different direction and do that over and over again until you figure out what you're good at, then you'll never get there. And then the third habit, there's only three habits that I discovered in this work, is that you have to surround yourself with the kinds of people who can help you get farther along. So if you figure out what you're good at, if you pursue it and then are willing to persevere when, it, when in, in adversity inevitably comes your way, and then if you accumulate people around you along the way who can help you achieve your goal, those are the three habits of all the successful people I found around me. That's great. Now, rather than ask you who is your most favorite interview, I'm going to ask you more, what was the most interesting story that was like the biggest train wreck that you heard and was most memorable? Wait, biggest train wreck? 
Yeah, because every entrepreneur, we always look, like talking about success stories, but I want to hear yeah. the train wrecks. I want to hear the failures. I want to hear the slamming in the wall kind of thing, you know? Oh, gosh. Well, uh, uh, some of them are famous. When uh, I've studied, uh, one of them is, is Kentucky Fried Chicken is a famous, or Colonel Sanders is a famous story of a guy who uh, starts out in the South, in Kentucky, with a fried chicken recipe, and he knocks on doors. And his, his requirement was he, he would allow you to use his recipe for fried chicken so long as you, he retained equity in the company or the enterprise that licensed it. Of course, everybody said no. And then he finally found somebody in Utah. And you have to understand the geography of that. He went from the south across the country to Utah before he finally found somebody who said yes. And then he backed track and he you know, built Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, yeah, great success stories that came out of failure. Um, or I should say great from failure book, from, stories. From your, from your book. Yeah. You know, like, from the book. It's, it's um, easy to brag and pump your chest, right? But, but I want like real gritty lessons you know, that oftentimes people never talk about, you know? Right. So let me, let me share with you that, you know, the, the, there's Birthing the Giants, which is a, an or, a school I run, which is really about the individual entrepreneur. And it's also about their company, right? Because these two things get so commingled in our minds that the person and the company are one and the same. But I'll tell you about a guy who, um, who, who built a pretty successful business, a $5 million business. But only after a while did he finally have to confess that he actually was illiterate. He could not read. And he had covered it up in so many ways. And so that was a, a, what he felt as a personal failure. And what we, when we looked at it, what became obvious is that he became an incredible team builder because he really couldn't do anything on his own. He couldn't read a letter on his own. So he had a very you know, valuable personal assistant and he had a lawyer and he had different people who worked for him to execute on everything. And in a way, because he couldn't read, he had to spend all his time building his team and that became his success. That's how he built a $5 million company. Now transfer to a, a, a modern day success story is Richard Branson. Richard Branson is, is wildly dyslexic. I mean, he literally cannot read a spreadsheet of numbers, literally. That's, pun, I guess. Um, and so, you know, what he has done is, is he's done the incredible. People think he's famous or wonderful for having his, this great lifestyle. But actually, Richard Branson should be recognized for having built eight businesses that generated more than a billion dollars in revenue. I mean, that's, that's off the charts, crazy hard to do. Eight businesses that generated more than a billion dollars. And he's dyslexic. He can't read a spreadsheet. So how does he do it? He's really good at building teams of people. He's sort of famous for getting pitched an idea, whether it's an airline or a bank or a soda or a record store, and saying, yeah, I like that guy or that woman who pitched that idea. Let's go for it. And that's Virgin. That's the brand he built. And so these are not failures, although I would say the reason I'm responding to your question this way is the thing that people think are failures, like a learning disability, is actually the tool or the technique that they used to, be, to become really good at the thing they're good at, their first habit. So in both of those cases I just shared with you, it's about people who had disabilities that became great team builders to become incredibly successful. Now, that's, those are two perfect stories, Lewis, because like I said, it, it's so easy to glamorize entrepreneurship just as people glamorize rappers or glamorize movie stars. But I, I like the fact that you share the stories. It's like Louis Vuitton. I'm not a big fan of luxury goods. And it's not, I don't buy things, but... The guy at Louis Vuitton, when he started Louis Vuitton, he would walk, I think, 200 miles barefoot to Paris, and he sold leather trunks to the royalty back then. But that's what I want to listeners to know, that if you really want to be an entrepreneur, and you want to stay the course, you have to have that grit, that tenacity, that persistence, and what Louis is saying about this first habit. So thank you so much for, again, 
sharing these very powerful thoughts, Lewis, and I really appreciate you and your insights. How can our guests stay in touch with you and, and buy your books and learn more about what you do for a living? Sure, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Lewis Schiff, but also birthingofgiants.com is an easy way to get me. And just Lewis Schiff at birthingofgiants.com will, will find your way to me or Twitter, Lewis Schiff, all that stuff. I, I'm the only Lewis Schiff out there. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lewis Schiff. Have a great day. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you for listening to our Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.